Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 73 of the Seize Us Show. Back at it for another fun-filled episode. Um, it's going to be a good one as well, too. Been a pretty steady week in the NBA, but nonetheless, there's always something to talk about. So um, just before we get into today's hottest topics, I want to rehash episode 72. So on episode 72, obviously, uh, Trey wasn't here, but we had Manny Fresh chime in, and we basically talked about um, the NBA trade deadlines, NBA All-Star Weekend, what we thought uh, was going to go down, our projections, uh, Dame getting robbed, and much, much more. So that was a pretty good episode. I enjoyed it a lot, but, you know, on to bigger and better things, which is episode 73. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for my co-host, my boy, Trade Day XXIV. What's good? What's good, yo, to our first, last, and... All the listeners out there, yo, uh, thanks for the support. Um, I'm happy to be back. You already know, man. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, I had to go away for a little while, do what I had to do, get some stuff together, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I'm on my grind and we eating, so why is you tripping? You heard me? Yeah, for sure, for sure. You ready to get into today's hot topics? Hey, let's get it, man. Next level. All right, next level stuff. So, the first thing I want to talk about uh, is probably just rehashing on uh, the NBA All-Star Game. Um, and whatnot. So really, we're not going to talk too much about it. But to make a long story short, Team LeBron went up against Team Giannis. Like I told Manny, we both unanimously agreed that Team LeBron will win. Um, (laughs) And they ended up winning 157-155 on a made free throw. Um, And it was good. You already know Kawhi Leonard got that All-Star MVP, the first ever Kobe, Kobe Bryant, also MVP, You're, which is great. No other person I'd rather want to see have it. He's basically models game after him and MJ. So it was good. It was very, very competitive, man. Um, I liked it. Did you? Were you able to watch the All-Star game? Uh, yeah, I, I peeped a little bit of it and, mm-hmm. you know, just the hypeness around it. Like, I was really excited because of the Elam ending thing, um, how it – and just how they like cleared the score and made each quarter competitive. Mm-hmm. So it was dope for me just watching it. And it was a different feel this year. Just I guess with the spirit of Kobe being here, not in, in the physical, but definitely in the uh, in the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. It was just it was awesome to feel that. It was to see a little bit more competitiveness, even though we know it's a glorified pickup game. Yeah. But just the whole feel of it, it being in Chicago, um, Team Giannis, Team LeBron, the different charities that it was for. I really enjoyed All Star Weekend and I think you know, with something crazy to build upon. Definitely, definitely. And, and like you said, like you just hit on it. So uh, with the charities coming into effect and the fact that depending on which team wins for that for that specific quarter, for the 12 minutes, that charity gets $100,000 each quarter. So yeah. I think that definitely added to it because when you're whenever you can give back to your community, especially the underprivileged kids, uh, I think that's going to add a little bit more fuel to the fire. Like you said, the fact that Kobe passed away, he will want this this way, you know what I'm saying? He will yeah. want, want to be competitive as well, too. Um, and I think it just comes down to pride, for real. You know, like you said, once you turn off that shot clock, it is what it is. You know, we had, you know. Gotta put had, your pride aside and ride for me. We had literally them building a wall against Giannis. We had Kyle Lowry taking charges. They yeah. were running plays. I was like, all right, this is this is really good, too. Um, so a lot of people were upset. Like in B, he was upset a little bit. He's saying, I wish the game to end on a free throw. But I'm yeah. like, yo, obviously it's a pickup game. Do or die. Do or die. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, just try to play great defense. <laughs> NBA, shut your ass up. <laughs> right? I was like, because if they would have won on a free throw, he wouldn't have said anything. Uh, I'm not going to lie, though. I did definitely want to see someone like had a, hit a game-winning shot. Yeah. That would have been kind of lit. But, I mean, it's just an exhibition game at the end of the day. 
You know what they should do? Uh, they should do like Elam ending, and then somewhere in some way they should incorporate a penalty style, like like a penalty goal kind of style, like one on one segment to it, like kind of like if King of the Court kind of thing. So, so, so that so that so that would mean that they would need time. Well. No, so kind of like penalty kick, I guess, in a way. And I'm not like if you get fouled or like towards the end when it's a shootout. Towards the end when it's a shootout, right? Okay. So they could say, oh, one by one, or there could be like a a thing. And this is like completely changing basketball, but it would make it super fun, right? So it would definitely happen if it was a tie. Okay. But if it wasn't a tie, they say like, oh, one by two, or if they went by on a free throw, maybe the team can say no. We're gonna, uh, you know, say play kings for it. But so 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 each team you get. Three one-on-one opportunities. So one person sends one one-on-one person up, and no, think about how dope it will be. So it's like, yeah, all right, LeBron, Giannis. All right, cool. Giannis scores on LeBron. All right, next person, Kawhi versus you know this person, and then whoever wins out of that one-on-one matchup at the yeah. end of the game takes the whole thing. Okay. And you know maybe it would wouldn't be a one-on-one tournament per se, but it would add that intensity to the end of the game and it would be crazy. I, I think that would be something they could look into. Now, would know. you want would you want that added to the actual all-star game or would you want a separate entity of just one v one going on where they have like a pool of like ten to twelve players, they are all they're on different sides of the bracket mm-hmm. and they're going at it. I think any fan would want one on one full bracket, but I think for for the players that are they say it would be dope, but I don't think they're really into it. Definitely it being their break kind of thing. So I think it would be even cooler just to see it like right now for like just give us a piece of something and keep them one or more. Just throw it at the end of the All-Star game. So if it's a close game, put them head to head and, you know, the best two out of three wins out of the one-on-ones. Okay. So breaking, I'm branching off from that, but still sticking to the topic about the NBA All-Star game. Okay. Do you think that moving forward because of this – Format is going to be more competitive moving forward. I think it's going to be a lot funner, uh, just from what I've seen. And like it's the branding, the intensity of the weekend. It's all centered around that game, and it just again the, the competitive nature. Even though it's a time to rest, it it still boils everything to the, it's the cream of the crop. You know, it's weeding stuff out. Uh, the dunk contest was phenomenal. Uh, it was really good. D-Way can't come back. But it, for, for the most part. can't come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all, it was all really cool, though. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes moving forward as well. And then I thought they... I thought they said like once you were all star captain, you can't be all star captain again. I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere a couple of years ago. But LeBron's LeBron been a captain twice. twice in the West and once in the East. LeBron's gonna be a captain for the next ten years, man. <laughs> as long as he's alive, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. <laughs> all right, so uh, moving on to the next topic, um, Kyrie Irving. So it's just kind of crazy because I posted on the page um, about me and your thoughts about Kyrie, how he they age well. Out. Yeah, they age very well. I love when my comments age well. They usually don't age well. <laughs> right? We foresaw everything. We basically like, yo, I be like, sit out. <laughs> my comments be like, yo, I love you, girl. <laughs> Them shits don't be aging well. But well, I'm sorry. Sicko. Back to the topic. <laughs> <laughs> this man's a sicko. Um, <laughs> sticking, sticking to the topic, Kyrie Irving is going to miss the rest of the season for the Nets. Um, the star point guy who has already missed much of the season will have an operation on his right shoulder. Um, so basically, when we were talking about it um, a while back, he had shoulder impingement issues, yeah. and he basically was like, I think he only played what twenty games. I would want to say not, not many at all. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think he only played 20 games. Let me check. He played a total of 20 games this year. Wow. But before that, I think he played like, I don't know, maybe seven, 15 to 17 games. Had shoulder problems, and he was using cortisone shots, right? Cortisone shots to basically numb everything and try to play through the pain. But our whole thing was he felt that he needed – he felt like there was a sense of urgency to get his team to the playoffs, and I feel like he just wanted to prove everyone else – prove to everyone else that they can make the playoffs as well too. But Up there. Um, it's it, – being competitive, um, it makes sense why he would do that, but – they have kind of like a three to four, maybe five-year gap with him and Katie together. Yeah. Katie's already out with a torn Achilles, so it kind of makes sense if you're balanced something like that, especially if you're going to get a quarter shot, which is good in the short run, but over the span of the entire season and over the span of your career, I think it would be best for you to get this surgery. So was, I'm happy that you mm-hmm. did it now, but there was no point of coming back At all. when it was essentially kind of a lost season, um, which didn't make sense to me as well, too. But... Um, do you think this is a concern moving forward? I mean, they said that he's supposed to be healthy by the start of training camp, I believe, as well, too. So it's good that he attacked it now. It's good that he didn't keep playing into it. Let's say he got to the playoffs and, you know, something happened, freak injury, or he yeah. fell on it awkwardly. Yeah. Then he's, you know, has to take a long time to get healthy. But do you think this is going to impact him moving forward? Do you think this is going to be a cause of concern? Because, like, looking at the past couple of years, last year, he hasn't. He's never played a healthy season. Uh, for me, for him, knowing his injury record, I feel like his healthy season is at least 70 games. Yeah. Last time he's played 70 games was the 2016-2017 season. After that, um, when he first got traded to Boston, six games. That's when he had the, the screws in his knee, that whole operation. Then he played 67 games with the face the face damage, and I think he had ankle injury or something like that too. And then this yeah. year with the shoulder injury as well. So how, how, do you, how do you feel like this whole thing pans out? Well, let's not get it confused. In every sense of the word, Kyrie is a warrior. Like, he's a battler. He's a competitor. He's played out there, bruised knee, face, shoulder, all that. You know, we can't take that away from him. He, when he wants to play basketball, he goes hard. He's been playing through injury. And that's the unfortunate part because in your questioning and your, in your, in your, in your dialogue about Kyrie, the thing that comes to mind, and I'm, I'm hoping it's, Maybe it's me, or maybe it's probably not just me, but when I think about Kyrie, I think of injury, you know? And he's kind of become synonymous with injury in my head. And this is not a knock to Kyrie. It's just tough because he hasn't been able to play a full season. And that's why my my comments were so adamant when we talked about it, the comments that aged well, the last clip we posted. uh, He should sit out because injury has plagued him in his career on his own at that, you know? It... It's tough because we we saw it from from a fan standpoint. It's like all right, him and LeBron broke, and he was going to be independent and a leader of his team. But since he's done that, he's had the injuries, he's had the extra media scrutiny, he's had the the you know just the the narrative that he is a type of way. When in reality, his actions show he just wants to play basketball, but he's been injured time and time out. And my theory on this injury, which it was a turning point, I think after kind of the Christmas break and after the, like the new year, right before the All-Star break, I think he was really contemplating not coming back and getting the surgery. But lo and behold, life happens. And who was closest to Kyrie from a mentor standpoint? Kobe. Kobe Bryant. So he probably saw it as like, yo, 
Kobe's played through all this stuff, you know, and in his spirit and his remembrance, I'm gonna go and do this. He took it the hardest. He walked out. He walked out of the stadium. He didn't come back. He didn't play. You know, a lot of people had tears and stuff like that. Kyrie, one of those guys that didn't play because that's how much reverence and how much Kobe affected him. And I think he affected him even more to the fact that he wanted to play through this thing and get Willis into the playoffs because that's what Kobe would have done. He would have tried to do at least. And it's tough because narratives are different, but. Kyrie really tried to do just that, have that Mamba mentality, and it didn't work out this time. You know, success will come in different ways, but I think that's a big reason why he tried to play through this thing. Yeah, I mean, very well said. (laughs) There's no need to speak more about that situation. So, get um, get healthy. You know, Kyrie, you come back um, fully healthy, you and KD, because next year is 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 when it actually matters. It's must see basketball. I can't wait to see KD and Kyrie together on the court together. We'll see how that works out. Um, Sir, it's gonna be great. So, um, sticking with Kyrie, um, he actually want to be the what? (laughs) You want to be the star player? Star player. So Kyrie Irving, um, if memory serves me correctly, let me open up this link. It's kind of acting stupid right now. Um, anyways, Kyrie Irving was, uh, I think he was elected vice president of the NBA, the NBA, NBA, the NBA Players Association. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so basically, Paul Gasol was there for about three years and he stepped down. Um, and I guess Kyrie was nominated as the vice president. Um, as well, too. So uh, I think this is good. Um, and I was kind of looking to see what exactly the duties are. So as an executive, being in the executive committee, um, it says included, but are not limited to directing NBA affairs and the policy making decisions necessary to carrying out the NBA players work, reviewing and voting on all matters requiring player approval between meetings of board of the board players of representatives. So a lot of people always, you know, try to give Kyrie a knock saying, oh, because he can't lead with his team, he won't necessarily be a great leader for this position. But I disagree with that as well, yeah. too, because um, this is coming – this is about, like, players as, like, a union as opposed to, you know, being a leader of your team as well, too. So he seems like a very bright, you know, individual to me, so I think he's going to do fine. I really haven't looked up too many things. The most notable things about the NBA PA is, like – um, them trying to, well, them, you know, having help, well, having say in the salary cap from years ago, mm-hmm. um, then with the, like the new contract, uh, uh, the new contract um, agreements as well, too, mm-hmm. especially like for older vets. I know Chris Paul was involved with that, uh, with the whole mental health, them having like a mental health uh, pro- professional with them um, as well, too. So they've done a lot of, you know, great things as well. And Chris Paul's part of it. So they yeah. kind of helped out with the All Star format as well, too. So, they're doing a lot of things, um, and it's great. So um, just from him, you know, stepping into that role, I definitely want to kind of look more into it behind the scenes to see what actually goes down as well, too. But uh, do you have anything that you want to comment on? Uh, biggest thing is shout-out to one Kyrie, because, I mean, that's a testament from his peers, uh, and that being veteran players. You know, if you're around somebody in your field that's a veteran uh, and you're really about it, they can they can they they know things about you that you didn't know at, you know, about yourself before you walk through that door. And, you know, they're going to judge you. They're going to train you. They're going to groom you to be the best that you can be. And Kyrie has the the respect of his peers from a veteran standpoint, from from an environment that is off the court but directly affects the court. Mm -hmm. And from, like, you know, it's an NBA, but it's a businessman. That's a – 
that's a get done kind of role. And Kyrie having that is awesome. Also, it, it speaks to Adam Silva, the the NBA commissioner, and how he's been listening and very much working with the players. He's so progressive. So bro. progressive. He's so so progressive, progressive, man. So, and if this leads to to athletes that you know, a lot of them come from oppressive backgrounds, from you know lackluster situations and they get to this league and they can make money for their families and create generational wealth and create economic empowerment forever and so on and also empower their communities. And and Kyrie Irving gets the chance to do that and Adam Silva is in a position to work with that team and do that and, you know, get the owners to budge and, you know, kind of everybody help everybody in this situation. It's going to make basketball, of course, the best sport in the world continually and that's amazing that's amazing so him having that role is amazing adam silva doing what he's doing is amazing and hopefully all the pieces and the dominoes fall on the line so shout out for that i like that moving on uh it's kind of crazy because i was listening to um our smoke podcast with boogie cousins i started okay. like i started that too I started, yeah, I started half of it and then i finished the rest on the plane but it's kind of crazy how it came out with the timing and all, and then mm-hmm. he happens to get waived. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Lakers ended up waving DeMarcus Cousins, and essentially what they try to do is they wanted to create um, some space for Markeith Morris, um, who was on the Detroit Pistons. So Markeith Morris got his contract bought out, um, and he left $4.3 million on his remaining salary just to do so. <clears throat> so the Lakers are interested in him. And basically with the disabled player exception, it's worth about 1.75 mil, which is significantly higher than the prorated minimum of 690K the Lakers could have could offer a player who has been waived at this point of the season. So Marquise Morris played 31 games. No. He appeared in 44. No. Yeah, he's appeared in 31 of the 44 games. Okay. Um, averaged 11 points, 3.9 rebounds as well. Um, so basically with him, I think he's just going to be that extra big body and um, basically provide floor, floor space and for LeBron James as well too. But um, what are your thoughts on them adding Markeith Morris? Dog, the Morris brothers have had a hell of the last two weeks. They're killing it. Go like to LA. <laughs> They go to L.A.? Like, yeah. dog, what? From, what, Detroit? Mm-hmm. And then... Another one's in New York. No man's land and freaking the Knicks, New York. Mm-hmm. Jesus. So, no, they're killing it. So, shout out to them for one. Two, uh, that's awesome. I mean, going to get to L.A. and you're a lot better of a title contender than you were. And that's an understatement mm-hmm. for him. Um, what he asked the Lakers team, you know, a little bit more depth, some, somebody that can – Help when it comes to like another big body. They're gonna be throwing a lot of bodies. We know the Clippers at LeBron. And they're gonna go a lot. They're gonna go small. A lot. I feel like and then 80s gonna play the five a lot in the playoffs. But yeah. they're going. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's huge. I mean, and them waving Boogie for it. Uh, my main thing with Boogie is we knew that this Lakers thing was maybe gonna work. Maybe probably was gonna be one of the, like a like Golden State kind of thing. If he never tore his ACL, he'd be playing right now. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't know how long that was going to last. That was going to maybe be their big three for a few more years as the time goes on, and who knows. But my main thing with Boogie is I'm I'm praying and sending the most energy his way that he just gets healthy because he is a elite player, and he is 
a good teammate. He, I mean, he's he's somebody that teams will want. And I had a thought earlier too that you know. Boogie's going to go for the low now. I mean, the Lakers got him for the low. But you know a team that needs a center. Miami Heat. Plays pretty fast. And Pelicans? could be a contender. Pelicans? And Miami. is not very tall because they just traded their center away. The Rockets? The Rockets. That would be kind of lit. You know, I mean, and again, it brings, you know. It's a, and it's a low risk, high reward. Well, low risk, high reward for Boogie playing. And, you know, you, you didn't expect to get a Boogie Cousins. You're not going to get him at full strength, of course. It's going to be here and there. But you're a fast team. Boogie plays well in transition. He passes the ball well. He sh- shoots the ball Probably well. be the best passer on the squad. Yeah, be the best passer on the squad. You don't you need him to come in and do so many things. I mean, he's going to be your big man presence. Not much of an enforcer because you're not based on defense in that on that team, but as he comes along, let's see what happens. You know, that's that's that was my a if it happens, it happens kind of thing. He will be dope in Miami. It, he might be he will maybe have the easier route to the finals with the Clippers being stacked with AD and LeBron being in LA. But a risk that you could take, and Boogie has been on the West Coast for the last few. He could he could be on the Rockets. Who knows? Yeah, I would. The Rockets would be dope. Um, and this is we're 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 thinking, at least from my thinking, I, I'm assuming that he's, because at first the Lakers came out. I think the coach came out like a week ago saying that he could potentially return before the season's over. But now that he got waived, is I think what he should do now is just focusing on strengthening that body rehab. Um, and get, yeah, just rehab in general. So I don't think he's gonna play this year, but next he, year in the off season, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of teams I think that could use him. I think. Porzingis would, you know, benefit a lot from the pick and roll action as well. Uh, like I said, Miami Heat would look well. They they don't really have a legit big man. Yeah. I know a lot of people are, talk, are talking about um, getting Joel and B, but at the same mm-hmm. time, nah. like you said, low risk, high reward. So um, you know what you sign up when you're getting boogie. Um, yeah. So I like that. And then I don't like you said. I don't really see the Clippers. I mean, I can see the Clippers try to get him because they do lack a big. All they got Zubac, and then they got. Montrezl who's undersized, but aside from that, if the Clippers get Boogie after the Lakers wave Boogie, and I, the Clippers are just like they're greedy, man, and it's good, like in a good sense. But the Clippers are going, doing work. Good. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean that was essentially it. Like that. That's all I want to talk about with where you think Boogie's going to go, how you think this affects him moving forward, uh, how you feel about Markeith Morris uh, with the trade as well too. So we pretty much covered that. But, um, and moving on, you know, we can keep that topic with the Battle of LA and whatnot, but Reggie Jackson um, literally got his contract bought out as well too. Yep. And he joined the, the Clippers. Uh, so he was pretty much injured this year. I really wasn't following Detroit like that, so I don't really know um, what injury he had, but he played 15 games this year, averaged about 15 um, points, five assists, three rebounds, uh, shot relatively well from three, 38%, and then about almost 80% from free throw line as well too. So that's just, I feel like at this point in time, he's just a luxury. Okay. Because they have Beverly, they have Lou Williams, they have Shamit, <laughs> you know, as far as like that, Backup point guard role, yeah. But Beverly has been battling growing injuries as well too. Very true. PG does have the hamstring problem as well too, so it, it makes sense to 
go ahead and swoop him up as well, too. But what do you think, just this question, what do you think he adds to the Clippers? Obviously, you have another veteran, but, like, just walk me through that. Mm. What does he add to the Clippers that they didn't already have? I mean, they were probably still the best on-ball defensive team, you know, uh, Reggie Jackson. Another, again, a lot of stuff just comes down to the end game. He, he, he's another body to throw at mm-hmm. potential LeBron. They're, they're really gearing up the Avengers to try to beat Thanos, you know, <laughs> on God. Like, that's what they are. They're just like, oh, we need somebody for this. All right, bet. Let's mm-hmm. get him. Let's get him. Let's get him. Reggie Jackson is Ant-Man in, in this scenario. You know, he's, 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 a, he's a character, but he's not at the forefront of everything. And, and my metaphor isn't completely full circle because I know Ant-Man played a big part in the Avengers to all my stands, but just follow me here. Um, <laughs> but I think it was a good pickup. It was, you know, they... Quantum Realm. The Quantum Realm. They saw... Uh, a window where the Lakers weren't doing much, and in part that may have, may have also been because of you know the family part and the the twenty four passing away. But two, they've they've the Lakers have been mostly dormant, and they're like, all right, let's click. But it's it's not even them being dormant. It's these players who are getting their contracts bought out, they don't want to go to the, the Lakers. team. I mean, the biggest trade they try to have was they did try to get Marcus Morris. Yeah. But they, I think they would have to give up a second round pick in Kuzma. I don't think they were trying to give up Kuzma. Then I remember a couple of weeks before that they were trying to get Derrick Rose for uh, what's the white dude's name on the Lakers? Uh, Caruso. Caruso. They tried, yeah. It was Caruso, and they won a first round pick with D Rose, which I don't think is a bad. Terrible. Th- that would have that would have secured their other score, that extra point guard that they needed as well too. Yeah. But they've been trying, um, and like I said, they it just didn't work out. Um, and it's crazy because, like, you start to think, like, is it these players? Well, I guess for Reggie Jackson's sake, since he was the only, you know, free agent mm-hmm. who's in the market who could have went because that's what they needed. And I think he would have worked wonders for them as well. So I think that would have that would definitely, like, even the playing field, so to A say, as well, too, if you're using the Avengers analogy with all of them teaming up together for the Clippers. But I feel like, well, I guess my question for you is, like, with Reggie Jackson going to the Clippers, is it more so he wants to be a part of this new environment, join the bandwagon, the fact that the Clippers haven't won a championship, he wants to be a part of that success? Or is it he doesn't want to handle that pressure with L.A. or he doesn't want to necessarily be under LeBron's shadow um, is what sways him away because he would have guaranteed had like 20 minutes, as I say with the Lakers as well yeah. too. He'd probably be taking a round those minutes to be, to be quite frank. Yeah. But my thing is like when the Clippers are fully healthy – where is his role at? You know what I'm saying? Um, that's a very that's a very good question for the last one. Where is his role at when the Clippers are fully healthy? He's and, and, and in that scenario, it looks like he's ring chasing. It looks like yo, I'm just gonna contribute. I'm gonna do my role, which might be ten minutes a game, distribute, play a little bit of defense, and keep it going. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's a large rotation. I mean, you look at every person on the Clippers squad, and you're like, all right, they're gonna play at some point, and they gotta play a part. Um, and that's, I mean, this is a segue for, I'll, I'll come back to it, but that might be why they're struggling because people are still trying to find their roles off on the bench and people are trying to adjust with the new lineups. You know, Doc Rivers is trying to figure out who would fit here and stuff like that. Sometimes more pieces is better if you know how to put stuff together, but, a lot, you know, sometimes it's not because it's like, damn, like, what do I do with this? What do I do with this? This is weird. Um, going back to the original point, though, 
why are players going straight to the Clippers? I think it's a few things, and it might first start with the track record of a team when LeBron is gone, you know? Uh, and, and, and the Lakers are a different scenario, possibly, but there will come a day when LeBron isn't there anymore, or there will come a day when this experiment is done, and it's like, you've seen what happens, and it speaks to his testament about how great LeBron is. Granted, you have number 23 there, or no? Yeah, 23, Anthony no, no, Davis. No, he's wearing number three now. Number three, yeah. yeah. You and I have number three there, Anthony Davis. Yeah, yeah. We're all on the same page. Yeah. That That is not LeBron, but is a franchise player-esque and would do the job for it, but it's still going to be some of that remnants once LeBron says, all right, this is done for me. I'm going to move on. And the players that are, I think B-grade can stay, but C, B-minus, you're going to... They're going to shop you for and try to find another big two. You know what I'm saying? Like that. You'll be gone. You'll be in God knows where playing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think players are like trying to look at their futures too. But also, and I, I, I don't even want to bring up Kobe with this, but he is part of the Lakers' legacy. The, the Lakers and the Clippers, even though they play in the same place, that – those colors, the 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 the, the, the purple, gold. purple gold, it's totally different expectation. It's a totally different mindset. It's a totally different pressure. The Clippers are the bad boys. The Lakers are the, you know, button up collar. You know, we're gonna get this done because we've always been in franchise to get this done. Mm-hmm. On top of that, and this this will be my last point, but you know, you have Doc Rivers who is a players coach. Not saying that Frank Vogel isn't a players coach, but Doc Rivers that people want to play for that you know vouches for his players. They've seen the success in Boston and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it might be a, a better locker room environment. Not saying the, lo- the Lakers locker room environment isn't good because they seem like a family, but it's those headbutting things. It's a, less pressure with the Clippers. All right, um, you know, coming in. You, you you are playing with somebody that is arguably playing the best basketball in the league right now in Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. Then you have, uh, boom, historic franchise all the way on you, LeBron James, AD, if this doesn't go right, what happens kind of thing. And on top of that, this team's winning right now as far as the, the pickup game's going. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I attribute it to. It's, it's an interesting thing. It's something to watch. If one, the Lakers don't achieve over the Clippers. Or, again, if the Clippers beat the Lakers, if it comes down to that. So, it'll be something good to watch. I'm long-winded today, y'all. But, hey, like, it, it makes for a fun league, but it's, it's very interesting, nonetheless. For sure. So, um, I guess my next topic, but still staying within the confines of the whole Battle LA yet again. <laughs> Are you concerned um, – with the Los Angeles Clippers, and when I say this, like, Dave, we already talked about it a little earlier. They've been pretty banged up. I mean, right now they're on a three-game losing streak as well, too. But, like, there's a video of Kawhi Leonard. Like, that dude looked frustrated yesterday. Yeah. Like, look at this video right <laughs> here, bro. Like, that jump was crazy. When's the last time you seen Kawhi look frustrated, dog? Never. <laughs> Never really. Why be chilling? Look at this jump. So he tried to get a bounce pass. I, I think he assumes that Landry Sam is going to go to – going to cut, but – it makes – I don't know. If I'm Landry Shaman, I see um, Montrezl Harrell going to the basket. I think Montrezl will go there, and I think he'll go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. 
So I think it was just miscommunication, but that kind of summed up everything for that night as well, too. But Playing the Kings at that. Kings at that. Um, so, yeah, three-game losing streak. Obviously, like we said, Beverly's been in and out the lineup. Kawhi's on low management, so he doesn't play any back-to-back games. PG mm-hmm. came back from the soldier injury, so missed like the first 12 games, came back early December. Um, and now he has a, a hamstring injury as mm-hmm. well, too. So they can't – they haven't really have found that time to, you know – Actually, that chemistry together, the gel together as well, too. So do you think this is a concern moving forward? Uh, Because there's no doubt in my mind that they're going to be healthy come playoff time, which makes sense why they got Marcus Morris, which makes sense why they got Reggie Jackson. So these other guys can get healthy as possible. And then I guess they're one of those teams where it's kind of like that LeBron factor from a couple years ago where they – different, but in the sense that with the LeBron team – they were kind of complacent, I would say, in regular season. And they just found a way to turn that switch on. So I'm thinking, like, even if they don't get that many games in together, do you think because of how good they are and how well coached they are, they can still find a way to manage to get through, get to the playoffs? Well, they're going to get to the playoffs, but get through the playoffs to get to the conference finals, potentially NBA finals? No. Actually. Mm-hmm. And... That'll be a testament to one LeBron James yeah. because he's the best player we've seen at doing that, at managing people, at distributing the ball, at making his teammates that much better. Yeah. Right? Um, two, I think they would have to ride Doc Rivers' coaching ability to its extent. And Doc Rivers is one of the all time best coaches in the NBA mm-hmm. for about how he does stuff with personnel. But even then, he still had a more consistent player base with the Celtics. He still had a more consistent place. These these are are new players and stuff like that. And granted, Kawhi is playing the best basketball in the NBA, but he is not a LeBron James. Mm -hmm. You know, so we saw that frustration. You know, LeBron's been frustrated with his teammates and stuff like that, but I don't don't think that that transitions for Kawhi the same way it transitions for LeBron in the playoffs. LeBron's like, all right, it's go time. Like, I'm going to will my team to win these games. Kawhi, he's going to put up his numbers and stuff like that. But is it really going to be with moving parts like that? The LeBron effect, I don't think that is going to happen. I think they have to find a groove. All right? Because if they don't, then that's the problem. That's and, and, and that's my theory with this. As much as we've seen the Clippers load up with bullets and stuff like that, they know how to use their weapons. LeBron has had consistent weapons, and at least he'll know, LeBron and AD, being a great player that AD is, at least they'll know, all right, these are the weapons we have. We know, all right, Kuzma's not great in the spot. We know Caruso's going to do this. We know KCP's going to do this. We know Quinn's going to do this. Like that. Um, So that is the level playing field right there. Yes, the Clippers have a lot of weapons, but they didn't know how to use them. Yes, the Lakers have so many weapons, but they're – masterful and skilled in that thing. So that, from a fan standpoint and from an outside looking in and an analyst standpoint, it's like, all right, maybe the playing field's a little bit more level than we thought it was. And when we see this this matchup that might be legendary coming down the stretch, it's going to be something crazy. Guess they'll be throwing bodies at them, but who's going to make this shot? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that for the Clippers? For the Lakers, it's like, can they finish through all the adversity of bodies, of defensive schemes, of this, that, and the third? And Again, it makes for a fun NBA, but that, that's the level playing field right there. So can the Clippers do it just off a of sheer, oh, we have more people? No, it doesn't work like that. Mm. So, Yeah. Shout out to the Pelicans, man. They're bringing, they're bringing some 
some fun back to the NBA. And when I say some fun back to the NBA, like it's kind of cool seeing all this young talent sort of come together. They're going up and down, playing pretty fast. They're playing with a sense of joy. Zion's healthy. Zion's healthy, man. Um, Yeah, play ten, play about ten games Uh, right now. The Pelicans are twenty four and thirty two, so they're four games behind Memphis for the eight seed. You're not getting the playoffs as well, too. Um, Yeah, I was about to ask you, you're going to make playoffs. It's not happening. Not sure. I think it's too tough, man. If Zion had played from the start, they would be. They would. They would be the AC yeah. right now. Like, no cap. <laughs> they, they would be Memphis every time. Yeah, bro. Yeah. I mean, because I still got Dame, if anything, if anything, getting that AC. I'm a Spurs fan. I, we're we're not will going get that. anywhere. I think Dame can do it. If they miss it by one game, that Golden game is going to be scrutinized. The thing is, if they tie, Memphis has a tiebreaker over them. It's tough. Yeah. That's and tough. I remember a couple of years ago, Minnesota had to play um, How many times Utah. Played? No, they had to play Denver last game, the 82nd game. The winner went into they went to get the AC. Wow. That shit was crazy. Went to overtime and everything. Wow, wow, West. Wow, wow, West. So, yeah, that was my question for you. Do you think the Pelicans can make this push to the playoffs? They do, though. What's, what's to their advantage is that they have the easiest schedule in the entire NBA moving forward. Interesting. And coincidentally... The Memphis Grizzlies have the hardest the hardest schedule for the rest of the season. So they're gonna drop off. So they could drop off potentially. That just leaves room for Dame. That's all I see in that joint. Yeah, but uh, but Dame is injured right now. This is growing, so I don't know how long he's gonna be out for. That's true. So, all right. So if the Pelicans get to NBA playoffs, that would be wild. That's just like yo, shout be, out to the young boys, whatever yeah. like that. Uh, the Grizzlies, if the Grizzlies make it to the playoffs, John Morant's. Work it a year. And that's what I was no going to ask you, too, so we can combine that together. So that's the stipulation for you. He has to make the playoffs together. I'm killing these segues because today. He's played 50, <laughs> he's played 50 games. Okay. And Zion's only played 10 games. He doesn't have to get to the playoffs together. He's going to get it regardless. But as just, it's like, yo. Like I would give it to, right now. I would give it to John. We know who's a better player. Yeah. We already know who has that transcendent talent. Yeah. But. Like you said, Ja is in the AC. You know what I'm saying? He's beat some notable teams this year as well, too. His numbers are looking great. And this is a young team who we didn't expect to be this good. Is Zion a better player? Yeah. I'm just asking. He's number one pick for a reason. He was the number one pick for a reason. What Ja's doing with his team is crazy. And, and, and for me, mm-hmm. for me, Ja makes his teammates better. I mean, yeah, he's a point he's guard. a point guard. Yeah, Zion plays a different position. Is it comparing apples to oranges? Possibly, mm-hmm. but it does bring up the debate: who's the better player? Yeah, you know, Zion with all his athleticism. As these two players get older, who is going to be the better player? Well, you would think from a durability standpoint that John Moran's going to be the most, would be. most durable. Yeah. Zion, we've never seen an athlete that's six, 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 seven, damn near two eighty, um, and he's already had a major injury and tearing his meniscus as well too. So I don't know what the projections are going to look like, but yeah. if they do stay relatively healthy, man, I don't know, man. That's that's a great I, question, I, right? I don't know. In the long run, I really don't know. Hey, y'all, let us know, fans. Let us know, add us, whatever like that. We'll post this joint. Let us know who do you think will have the better NBA player? Who who will be the better player in the long run, John Morant or Zion Williamson? Who That's actually a great question. Played on the same team growing up, yeah. AU. 
So what happens? That's actually a very, very great question. I don't know who's going to have the better season. You hear me? I mean, better, yeah. Play together. I don't know who's going to have the better uh, better, better uh, career. That's that's interesting. But just looking at the Pelicans' schedule, like notable games they got still left. Uh, Golden State, who's washed? Washed. Cavs, washed. Wash. Minnesota, yeah. <laughs> Minnesota again, yeah. Sacramento, washed. Minnesota might get them on, too. They might get one of them. Yeah. Atlanta, San Antonio. Then they got Memphis again. Sacramento. What's going on with San Antonio? Again. Has anybody checked on Greg Pop in the last while? He's just going through it, man. Yeah. You know, midlife crisis and shit. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he'll be all right. They're going to draft right. LaMelo Ball. That would be fire. You know what my question was? So, does LaMelo Ball have to get drafted to join an NBA team? Could he sign with an NBA team and not enter his name into the NBA draft? Uh, I don't know. You don't know? I, okay. I, just, I don't know what the what the rules are. But so if LaMelo Ball wanted to play with the Lakers for whatever reason, no, I'm I'm, I'm saying this is a scenario. Could he not enter his name into the draft, go work up for the Lakers, and then get signed by the Lakers and keep it going? He'd probably get less I, money. Yeah, he definitely He would get money. probably no, to, no to, to close to no money. Yeah. But I think theoretically he could do that. I'm just wondering, because how does it work for a player overseas? Because, like, all right, no, I'm not going to go into the draft. I'm just going to go work for this team for a year. I guess if you don't declare yourself going to the draft, then you can work out and get You're signed a free agent. with a team, possibly. You get no money for the first year. It risk injury and it risk your whole livelihood. But after that, it's like, all right, now pay me. Yeah. That's interesting. Right? Uh, sorry. The thoughts to go through my head. Cool. Last thing. Um, I guess everybody's just been talking about, like, can Ben Simmons and, and Joel and B coexist? Shoot the damn ball. We're watching the Lakers Celtics game right now. I think someone just got uh, fouled, but disregard that. Anyways, yeah, can can Ben Simmons and and Joel and B coexist? That's been like the topic of discussion for like the past week and a half, two weeks, to be honest. Yeah. And numbers would tell you that when they're on the floor together, they're a pretty damn good duo. Yeah. Um, and when they're off the floor, you know, with one another, one of them's in line and one of them not, they struggle as well too. So. I wonder where this misconception came from because they made the playoffs since they've been together ever since um, hey, and have gotten better every bro. single year as well, too. So my thing is, like, why do you think people think that they can't play together? Is it the 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 pieces that are around them? Is it the fact that, you know, one person's not willing to take it upon himself to be more active with shooting the ball, floor spacing? Like, what do you think it is? I don't understand why they can't coexist. Uh, the only thing, honestly, I just rap. All you gotta do is from a from put a ba- shooters around them. From man. a basketball player standpoint, the only reason they wouldn't be able to coach this is because Ben Simmons is a driver and Joel Embiid takes up the paint. Yeah, he and like he's like, all right, I need my space so I can drive. But other than that, like, you have a good thing going. It's like growing up. It's like, all right, yo, like, complain about this, complain about that. They ain't got shit to complain about. They have two franchise players. Two superstars. That you can build around and keep it going. I'm just, I'm perplexed about this, why they're taking a the back seat. But at the same time, if you don't take a step forward, you sit your ass down. You don't see it. It's sit down or step forward. And they seem like they're sitting their tail down currently as the struggles go on. They don't seem like the same team that, uh, and they're not, they don't have Jimmy Butler or some other pieces, but they're, not the same team that lost to Kawhi in a heartbreak, you know? Yeah. And people's memory is so, you know, the memory is so bad nowadays that it's like, bro, we were a shot away, literally, from making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Why couldn't we, you know, keep it going? A, a shot away. 
a shot. Not not bounce. Not not bounces away. Not that the NBA Finals champion was that much better than us. We were a bounce away from going to the finals. Mm. So it's like, bro, like I don't. I don't understand from that standpoint why you would blow stuff up, why you would think any different, why you would take a step back. But, you know, the human mind, the mentality, and everything like that. Prisoners of what's going on in the now, prisoners of the moment. Yes, it should be working, but to me it says you have to shake things up. And to, for for me, talking about Philadelphia is like talking about a bad ex-girlfriend. It's like, bro, like we should have worked out, but we didn't because you was tripping. You heard me? He was tripping. Like, everybody, everybody be tripping. But <laughs> that's real. No, but, um, but every time I talk about them, it's like, we should be good, but we're not. Why? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at them. They don't want to add the effort. They want to add those necessary pieces. Wasn't going to change. Couldn't put your pride aside and ride for me, girl. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, we'll continue to monitor <laughs> that. Um, he actually he exited the game yesterday. I think in the first quarter against the the, the, the Bucks because yeah. he had lower back tightness. So he's going to get reevaluated on tomorrow, and he's not playing tomorrow as well too. So hopefully, that's not something that's concerning moving forward. Um, and we'll see where it goes because the East is the East is pretty damn. Fucking solid from seed one to six. Yeah, like this is the first time where I don't know. No, why did the buzzer go off so soon? Yeah, what the what the hell? That was weird. We're watching the Celtics and Lakers game in real time. Um, They didn't even give him a chance. The the clock was still going and the buzzer went off. Yes, or whatever. We'll we'll finish this up real quick. Um, I'm sorry, y'all. See one through six with the uh, with the East is pretty damn interesting Mm -hmm. because like. It's a everyone has a chance to be honest. Obviously, the favorites are the Bucks as well, too. But who's to say that the Celtics won't make a push? Who's to say that the defending champs won't make a push? And the Celtics look good, Celtics look damn good. So, no, he didn't get that. That's game. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll just continue to monitor what the East is looking like. Um, because like I said, season one through six are looking very, very interesting as well. So, um, I can't wait until the playoffs. Uh, any closing remarks you want to say for episode 73? Uh, nah, this has been a fun one. This has been a lot of stuff that happened since the all star weekend. Um, shout out to our listeners, man. Uh, thank you for always listening to us to our interaction for supporting us. I've gotten so many, uh, just yo, I see what you're doing with the podcast, yo, keep that up. So, you guys encourage us, even when we're tired, even when. When it's like Sunday and we want to chill with this down the third and do this down the third, they keep putting the content out and we're only going to get bigger and better from there. Um, keeping that mama mentality, keeping, uh, you know, that, that hustlers mentality, you already know. So, hey, thank you guys for listening and uh, we're going to do our best to keep it going, man. Yes, sir. Keep Shout it out. Going, keep it going, keep it going. Thank you guys, like you said, for listening to another stellar episode, which is episode 73 of the Caesar Show. Follow us on all forms of social media at The Caesars Show, at Traded XXIV, and of course, at Sir Caesars, available on all major platforms. Kristen Dior and Dior. <laughs> RIP Pop. RIP Pop. We out.